donate plasma at CSL Plasma. As a new CSL Plasma donor, you can make over $1,000 this month. And your donations help create therapies for people with rare and serious diseases. Build a brighter tomorrow for yourself and others by donating today. Visit your local CSL Plasma Center and make over $1,000 this month. CSL Plasma, good for you, great for life. Compensation varies by location and is subject to change. This is Ice-T and Stone Cold Steve Austin and... This is a cold call. We're on a mission to get America to switch to cold water washing with Tide. It saves you energy. And that saves you up to $150 a year on your energy bill. Plus, Tide cleans better in cold than the bargain brand in hot. So what are you waiting for? Turn to cold because Stone Cold said so. Turn to cold with Tide. Energy savings based on average with pitching from hot to cold and non-HE machines. Performance based on Tide Power Bonds versus leading baking soda packs. Someone you can rely, who's always on your side. That's why there's Nationwide. That's why there's Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates, Columbus, Ohio. Windstar World Casino and Resort is your passport to possibilities. If you're looking for the perfect destination within distance, book your go-to getaway at windstar.com. Water, you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you.
and good evening. Nice to see everyone here tonight. We're looking forward to a wonderful evening of praise. Glad to have some folks joining us online for our summer series speakers. We have a great message tonight from a great messenger, and uh, you'll hear more about that in just a little bit. I will share a few items of uh, uh, prayer and care concerns. Marcus Turner had to be taken to the hospital again this week. Uh, He had a heart attack. One of the stents collapsed, and they replaced that this morning. And I uh, texted back and forth with Randy some today, and he said that his dad was doing uh, really well this afternoon late this evening. He, uh, uh, it's amazing when you have good blood flow how much better you feel. And so uh, we want to continue to remember Marcus and all the Turner family uh, in our prayers. I don't believe I have any other specific prayer updates, so check the app. We'll be sending out an uh, email later on this week. And I will tell you that uh, the last count I had was 62. And that's not where were you in 62, it's uh, are you one of the 62. We have 62 ladies that are going to be at the Family Life Center tomorrow evening, rolling them sixes and playing some bunco and uh, eating some good food. And I know they are itching to get together, and we are itching to get them together. And so uh, if you haven't signed up for that, then you may want to give Carolyn Philpot a call, but that'll be a, a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. And we, uh, we love our godly women so much, and I am glad, so glad to see that they will get to have uh, a fun night together. Uh, Dave, you'll be sharing with us about Gideon. Michael's going to be leading us in some great battle songs as we look at uh, going forward, moving forward uh, as a conqueror rather than as one who is conquered. And Gideon will be a great example of that. Michael? sing together everyone in heavenly armor we'll enter the land the battle belongs to the lord no weapon that's fashioned against us will stand the battle belongs to the lord and we sing glory honor power and strength to the lord and we sing glory strength to the Lord. When the power of darkness comes in like a flood, the battle belongs to the Lord. He raised up a standard, the power of his blood. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. When your enemy presses in heart, do not fear. The battle belongs to the Lord. Take courage, my friend, your redemption is near. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. It's uh, my pleasure to get to introduce the speaker to you tonight. Uh, It works out really good for me because he's one of my dear friends, so it makes it really pretty easy. Many might have forgotten that Davy's job title is actually... uh, one of the visitation ministers here and was doing a fantastic job. If you were in the hospital or friends that's in the assisted living or nursing home, Davey was there. Davey and I used to travel every Tuesday afternoons and do that. And then came 2020. So uh, it does change our job titles and our job positions. So it didn't slow Davey down. He just jumped right into our benevolence work and just does a fantastic job job. He always has a word of encouragement, and when we were in the hospitals or with somebody who needed it, he was always quick with a prayer, a comforting prayer, and a prayer for hope. So we're, uh, we're so thankful for Davey. We are very fortunate to have a man like Davey on our staff, and um, 
I rely on him a lot, and I and I appreciate him being here. As as all of our staff, we have just a wonderful staff here at West Urban. We are so so blessed to be so uh, such a good group of people. With that, would you pray with me? Most gracious Father, we're just uh, we're thankful for this uh, day and this night and this evening that we can come and and learn more about your word and just uh, praise you and thank you for, for all you've done for us. Father, I'm thankful for this summer series that we're having. I just uh, pray that we can each learn more and that we will be energized to reach out to others and tell them about Jesus and tell them about his saving grace and his mercy for each one of us. And Father, I pray that you'll be with Davy tonight. Just bless him, Father, in his words and help him as he brings this word to us. We're so uh, thankful for him and, and all of our staff here at West Irwin. We just pray for this church. We pray that this church will, will grow and be in full of unity and, and uh, bring the word to so many people in downtown, in Tyler, and Father, the world. Father, we do pray for our sick tonight. We pray for Marcus Turner and the things that he's going through and, uh, and so many more on our prayer and care, Father. It was the Colliers, the Fred. The list goes on and on, Father. And I know each one of us has someone in our hearts right now that, uh, that needs a word of prayer. So, Father, I just pray that you'll bless healing on those that need it and, and I pray that you'll give peace and comfort to all those who are struggling and searching right now just bless them father and always look to you for for the answers father again we pray for this service we pray that you will be uplifted and uh, father we pray that uh, that uh, we will be your servants and just to make us stronger make us more like christ each day and it's his name we pray amen You know, you're going to think I'm exaggerating, but it really is an honor when Bill called me to be able to lead before Davy preaches. He has no idea how much he means to me, and probably many of you. A heart of gold, heart of a servant, always a dynamic speaker, biblical in nature through and through, truly is a giant, spiritual giant among us, and we love you very much, Davy. And I'll get to leading the singing. Hush. Let's sing together. Onward, Christian soldiers. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to I could spend the rest of the evening just talking about how grateful I am to be right here at West Irwin and thanking so many people. 
But I'll just say to the church as a whole, to my family right here at West Irwin, you are such an encouragement to me and have been since uh, our arrival here. We love you. We thank you so much. And we, we pray uh, that we're with you for a good time uh, longer. I'd like to share just a few verses quickly with you. And then we're going to see a short uh, video. And then I'll come up and uh, speak to you from Judges 6 through 8, telling you the story of Gideon. These verses. Psalm 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27.13 I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Hebrews 13.5 I will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 46.1 God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Jeremiah 32.27 Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Psalm 55.22 Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. John 16.33 In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And finally, Romans 8.37-39 Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. When troubles come knocking at your door, don't be afraid, you know it's not like before. Don't you give in, don't let it bring you down, cause you don't have to worry anymore. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hold on, we're getting stronger every day. There's no reason for you to go astray. Don't go leaning to your understanding, cause you don't have to worry anymore. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the power of Jesus Christ. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midianites. 
for seven years. Israel made for themselves caves and dens in the mountain regions. And when they sowed their crops, they tried to hide them. But the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people from the east would come and take their crops, sparing nothing. Eventually, the Israelite people cried out to the Lord. And so the Lord sent to them a message. And the message said, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hands of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you. And I drove them out before you, and I gave you their land. I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But then he reminded them of these words. But you did not obey me. Soon thereafter, we find an angel of the Lord appearing to Gideon while Gideon is threshing grain, trying to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel said to Gideon, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon's response is quite typical to so many people. Listen to his response. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles our fathers told us about? Didn't the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Now he has forsaken us, and he's given us over to the Midianites. The Lord responds, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Gideon, have I not sent you? Gideon responds again, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Again, the Lord, due because of his long-suffering with his people, said, Surely I will be with you. And Gideon, you will defeat the Midianites as one man. You'd think God had said enough, but not quite. So Gideon again says to the Lord, If I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who is talking with me. Stay here, Lord, until I bring you an offering. And so Gideon brings the offering, and he places it on a rock, and he pours out the broth. And the angel of the Lord extends his staff, and he touches the offering. And it is at that very moment that fire rises from the rock and it consumes the offering and the angel departs. Gideon responds in a very positive way. He says, now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The Lord said to Gideon, peace be with you, do not fear, you shall not die. And so Gideon builds an altar and he names that altar The Lord is peace. That's scene one of the story. Now let's open the curtain to scene two. Scene two. The Lord comes to Gideon and he says to him, I want you to take a specific bull from your father's flock and I want you to go and I want you to tear down your father's altar to Baal And I want you to offer that bull as a burnt offering using the wood from the broken altar that you tear down. Gideon did that. He obeyed the command. But fearing his father's household, Gideon took ten of his servants by night and went and tore down that altar. The next day, The men of the city began questioning, well, who did this? Well, word got out to them. Well, it was Gideon, the son of Joash. And they decided that they would kill Gideon. But Joash, his father, stood in his defense, saying, if Baal is God, let him plead for himself because his altar has been torn down. And it was at this point in the story where Joash, Gideon's father, gives him a new name, Jerob-Baal. Jerob-Baal. And that word means, let Baal contend. Well, shortly following that event, the Midianites and the Amalekites 
And the people from the east went and encamped near where Gideon was. Gideon becomes aware of this, and so he gathers up troops from the Abiezrites, and also from the tribes of Manasseh and Asher and Zebulun and Naphtali. And here comes a part of the story that we're, that we're familiar with. We've all heard about the sign of the fleece, haven't we? The sign of the fleece. So it's at this point of the story that we have the sign of the fleece, and Gideon begins to bargain with God. And what he does, he says this, If you, God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall place a fleece of wool on the threshing floor, and if there is dew on the fleece only, and it's dry on all the ground, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said you will do. And so the Lord did that very thing. And so when Gideon arose the next day, he went to that fleece, and the dry the ground was dry. But as he touched that fleece, it was filled with dew. So full that the Bible teaches us that he wrung the fleece and he filled a bowl with water. Remember, Gideon had said, if you will show me this sign, if you will do this for me, then I will believe that you will deliver the Midianites into my hand. He quickly changed his mind. He said, well, I'll tell you what, God, don't be angry with me. Don't get mad at me, but let me speak just one more time. Let me test you one more time with the fleece. This time, tomorrow morning, I want the the ground to be covered with dew, but I want the fleece to be extremely dry. And so God did that very thing. That was seen too. The curtain closes. We're going to reopen it for scene three. Gideon and his people encamped beside the well of Herod, and the Midianites were encamped just to their north by the hill of Morath. Gideon had had gathered together 32 thousand men to form an army but the Lord said to him the people who are with you are too many I cannot turn the Midianites into your hands why otherwise the Lord said to Gideon otherwise you will claim the glory for yourself against me saying my own hand has saved me and so the Lord said, if there are some who are, who are just afraid, they can leave right now. 22,000 of the 32,000 turned and went home. They were afraid. That left 10,000 for an army to defeat the Midianite people. The Lord said again to Gideon, the people are still too many. I'll tell you what, Gideon, bring them down to the water, and I will test them there for you. So they go to the water, this 10,000. 9,700 of those men go down to their knees to drink water. Only 300 lap water from their hands like a dog would lap water. And the Lord spoke to Gideon and said, By the 300 men who lapped... I will save you, and I will deliver the Midianites into your hand. Well, it was that very night. Um, Gideon was a, a little fearful. And I can understand. 300 men, God, and you say, I can win this battle against such a strong nation and people as the Midianites. And so God said, well, just take your servant uh, Pura, if you're afraid, take your servant Pura, go to the outskirts of the camp, and you're going to hear a conversation take place. 
And so he gets his servant and he goes to the outskirts of the Midianite camp. And he hears this Midianite man speaking to a fellow companion about a dream that he has had. And the dream goes like this. A loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and it struck it so hard that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. The man's companion, upon hearing uh, this dream, looked to the man who had the dream and said, This is nothing but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and our entire camp. And I love that very next verse. I love what Gideon did. It said, upon hearing this, Gideon worshipped. Gideon worshipped. He gave glory to God. The one worthy of the victory that would take place. And so returning to the Israelite camp, Gideon divided his 300 men into three equal companies, 100 men in each company, giving each man a trumpet, an empty pitcher, and a torch to place inside the pitcher. You see, they were truly armed for war. (laughs) Can you picture that? They have a trumpet, a pitcher, and a torch. And they're going to march into a Midianite camp and annihilate them. You know what came to mind when I read that today, Bill? I thought of the little rascals. I don't know why, but I thought of the little rascals. And I could just picture Spanky and Alfalfa and Froggy and and Waldo and Porky and Stimey saying, let's go conquer these people. Now, I can picture that, but not Gideon and not his 300 warriors, not with a trumpet and a pitcher. But Gideon trusted the Lord. When we place our trust in the Lord, we will be victorious. We will win the war. Gideon's army of 300 routed the Midianites. They killed the Midianite princes, Oreb and Zeb. They eventually took the lives of the Midianite kings, Zeba. And Zalmunna. When you go home tonight, if you have time, I want you to read Judges 7 5 through 8 21. It was quite a war. An unbelievable war took place with men blowing trumpets, <laughs> carrying pitchers, and a torch. They wiped out the Midianite people but only because the Lord was on their side. Scene four. Following their victory, the men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your son, and your grandson also, for you have delivered us from the hand of of Midian. Gideon responds with these words to the men of Israel. I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord himself shall rule over you. But Gideon did ask something of them. He said, I want you to take of the plunder you received from this war. And what I ask of you is that you give me the gold earrings that you got as plunder. The weight of those earrings was 1,700 shekels. Gideon also received the crescent ornaments, the pendants, the purple robes of the Midianite kings, and the chains that were around their camels' necks. And then Gideon melted down this gold, and he made an ephod, or ephod. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. In the days of the Israelite 
people, the Israelite culture. An ephod was an object to be revered in ancient Israelite times. There is not a doubt in my mind that when Gideon set up that ephod in the city of Ophrah, that that was his intention. He had given God the glory and he wanted God to be revered for making them victorious. But Judges chapter 7 and verse 27 says, speaking of this ephod, that Israel played the harlot with the ephod and it became a snare to Gideon and to his household. And as I thought about that, I thought somehow our decisions seem harmless. They seem so harmless, and we mean well by them. But sometimes they bring uh, devastation. And I thought about Lot traveling with Abraham. And as they came to the well-watered plains of the Jordan, Abraham looked at Lot and he said, You choose. You choose the land that you want for your family. And of course, he was thinking of his wife and his daughters. He said, well, I'll choose this land. And it was good fertile soil, and I'm sure they had plentiful crops. But they ended up in the city of Sodom, a very wicked city, and it took a toll on that family. For the remaining days of Gideon's life, He dwelt in his own house in Ophrah, the city of Ophrah. He had many wives. He had 70 sons. He also had a concubine in Shechem who bore him a son named Abimelech. Read the next chapter sometime. Judges chapter 9. It is not a pretty story. Abimelech kills his 70 (laughs) half-brothers. Not a pretty story. We also learn from Judges 8.33, as soon as Gideon died, the children of Israel again began to serve the Baals, and they made Baal Berith their god. I looked up about Baal Berith. Baal Berith was known as the Covenant Lord, the name of the god worshipped in Shechem after the death of Gideon. The name denotes the god of the covenant into which the Israelites entered with the Canaanite people, Contrary to the command of God, when Israel began to fall away into the worship of idols. If you'll remember back in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 12, the Lord speaking to Israelites said, Take heed, be careful, take heed to yourself lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst. And so the story of Gideon ends this way. Israel did not remember the Lord their God who had delivered them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. Nor did his descendants show kindness to the house of Gideon in accordance to all the good that he had done for them. Well, I think there are some important, very, very, very important lessons that we can learn from this story of Gideon. And I want to share five quickly with you this evening. Number one is this. When the Lord makes a promise, we can trust him to carry it through. When the Lord makes a promise, we can trust him to carry it through. Proverbs five, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding." In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Psalm 62, 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Isaiah 26, 4. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord is everlasting strength. These words were spoken to Gideon, by the Lord himself in Judges 6 through 8. Chapter 6, verse 10. I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. 6, 12. The angel of the Lord said to Gideon, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. 6, 14. 
Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you, Gideon? 6.16 Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. 6.23 Go in peace. Do not fear. You shall not die. Chapter 7, verse 7. By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you, and I will deliver the Midianites into your hand. In chapter 7, verse 9. Arise and go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. So many promises of victory were stated by the Lord to Gideon. And even among all those promises, he questioned him, he bargained with him, but he carried through. He did carry through. I think there are instances and times in my life where I believe it is okay to question God. It is absolutely okay to question God. It is not okay to lose faith and trust in him. Number two, very real human fear and wise precaution interplays with trust in an all-sufficient God. Very real human fear and wise precaution interplays with trust in an all-sufficient God. When asked by God to tear down his father's altar to Baal, Gideon did obey. But it didn't mean he wasn't afraid. He was afraid. And that's why he took ten of his servants and he went by night, went in the dark, and tore down the altar to Baal. He obeyed the Lord. There are times that the Lord has asked us to do things. He knows we'll be afraid. He knows we will fear. But he desires that we place our trust in him. And he will see us through. The Lord told Gideon, if you are afraid to go down to the Midianite army, to their camp, first take Pura your servant, and you will hear what they say. He did that. And it was good news. And it strengthened him. There are times, no doubt, when we step out in faith, we will be strengthened. It will make us strong. For seven years, the Israelites hid in dens and caves and strongholds in the mountains. Why? They were afraid. They were afraid of the Midianites. Human fear is real. Human fear is real. It's only when we cast our fears on God that we overcome. It's called faith. It's called trust in a much mightier power than our own. Number three. God can use the most unlikely people to champion his causes he truly can. The most unlikely candidates can be victorious. Gideon said to God, remember he said, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. We need to have the faith that can say, Here I am, send me. Doesn't mean it's easy. But when we place our faith and trust in God, he sees us through. And yes, there will be hardships. In this world, you will have tribulation. But I've overcome the world. Number four. We should never claim glory for ourselves. God alone is worthy of all glory and praise. Remember, God said to Gideon, the people who are with you are way too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands. Let Israel claim victory for itself against me, saying, My own hand saved me. 
there are times we want to pat ourselves on the back a little too heavy. We want the glory. We want the victory. We want to be noticed. We want to be applauded. God deserves the victory. When Gideon made the golden ephod or set it up in the city of Ophrah, I believe he sincerely meant to be, for it to be an act of revering God for his goodness and his protection. And yet we've already learned that they played the harlot with it and it became a snare to Gideon and to his entire household. We sing this song often in our worship services. O oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath his cleansing We are victorious only through the blood of Christ. And then number five, God is long-suffering with us. He's long-suffering with us. Seven years passed by after the Lord had delivered the Israelites into the hand of the Midianites. Yet, when Israel, his people, cried out to him, he listened. When we cry out to God, he will be there. He'll be there. God sent a prophet to them. He loves his people. He loves the church. His son died for it. He purchased the church with his blood. And when we as his people call upon him, he is there for us. And he will see us through. Several times Gideon questioned God and tested God, yet God remained there. And he saw Gideon all the way through to victory. There are other lessons we could learn, but our time is getting short. So let me close with these words again. You heard them on the video, but I'll read them this time. We've been made more than conquerors. Overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. When troubles come knocking at your door, don't be afraid. You know it's not like before. Don't you give in. Don't let it bring you down. Because you don't have to worry anymore. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hold on. We're getting stronger every day. There's no reason for you to go astray. Don't go leaning to your understanding because you don't have to worry anyway. We've been made more than conquerors. Overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the power of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for men like Gideon and stories that we can read in your word of men who, who place their trust and their faith in you. And when times seem difficult and almost impossible, we realize that when we have you on our side, as the scripture says, if God is for us, who can be against us? You see us through. You're the victor. You crushed Satan, our foe. And we thank you for it. We thank you, Father, for times like this that we can gather together as your people, as the church, and to sing songs of praise, to honor and worship and magnify your name, for you alone are worthy of such praise. We thank you, Father, for lessons we learn from your word that strengthen and edify and build us up that help us, Father, to grow in our faith and to mature in our faith and become the men and women that God would have us be because we are an army of the Lord. We sang about that tonight. Onward, Christian soldiers. We're fighting a war. We're fighting a war, Father, and we will be victorious because you're our leader. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your forgiveness. In the name of Christ we pray.